Welcome to the Finding True Health podcast, episode number 13, where I'm going to talk about six common health sabotaging thoughts and how to reframe them. From my experience, almost everybody I meet deals with at least a few, if not all, of these unhelpful thoughts. So I'm excited to share this episode today. Remember that this podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and it's not a substitute for seeking individualized care from a qualified professional for your specific needs. Also, I'd really love it if you could please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. All right, let's go. Hey there, friends. My name's Jenna Waite. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, mother of five, and someone who's passionate about helping others find true health in the midst of diet, culture, and body objectification. Join me as we take our focus off of weight and body size and put it on to becoming the healthiest possible versions of ourselves so that we can have energy to live our best lives. I'm so excited you're here. Now let's dive in. Hello, everybody. How are you today? I'm fantastic. I'm excited for today's topic. But before we dive in, I want to share just a quick little experience I had a few days ago that really showed me how far I've come in loving and accepting my body in the past few years. Uh, I was wearing a dress and it was tight around my waist and my waist is basically right under my chest. I don't really have a torso. And so it was tight kind of up higher. And then I was wearing a belt that was supposed to be around my waist as well, that same spot, but it had slipped below my stomach. And I definitely have some a pooch in my stomach and some extra fat there. And I went to pick my toddler up from preschool and I walked in and a little little girl, you know, children with no inhibitions, she looked at me and she said, are you going to have a baby? And I just said, nope, that's just some extra fat in my stomach. And honestly, I felt nothing. I felt I didn't feel shame. I didn't feel embarrassed. It was just like this neutral matter of fact. No, I just have some fat there. And honestly, I mean, five years ago, if that had happened, I would have probably fumbled my way through an answer and been depressed the rest of the day and felt like I needed to work out extra hard. And, you know, just it would have brought up so much for me. And the fact that it just felt like nothing, no big deal, just showed me that it is possible. It is possible to have this body love, body neutrality, just to not take comments like that and make them mean anything about you, about your worth, about your health, about anything. And I don't know, it was just a really awesome kind of eye-opening experience for me. So I just wanted to share that. Hopefully you are in that same place um, with peace and love for your body. If not, I promise you can get there. If I can do it, you can do it. It just takes time. It takes reworking your thoughts and your beliefs about bodies in general, about your body, but it really can be done. And it's such a fantastic place to be. All right. So on to today's topic. A few weeks ago, we talked about thoughts And I explained that I don't usually think of different thoughts as negative or positive. I like to rather think about them as helpful or unhelpful. And remember, the exact same thought might be helpful in one situation or for one person and not helpful in another situation or for another person. But I've found that there are several thoughts that are really common for people that I would put in the bucket of 
usually unhelpful when trying, especially when trying to work on our health. These are thoughts that many people seem to view as, quote, the truth or a fact. But when we further examine and kind of dissect them, we see that these really are just thoughts and that they are holding them back from becoming their healthiest self. So I wanted to go over those today. So the first thought that I hear pop up for me and for others a lot is, I don't have time to dot, dot, dot. I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to make dinner. I don't have time to work on my habits. Now, I can actually see where the I don't have time thought could be useful in some cases outside of health. So maybe it helps you say no to something that isn't very important to you, which frees up time to work on the things that are important. But we always need to keep in mind that we have time for what we make time for. One of my favorite go-to thoughts is I have plenty of time for the things that matter most. If health really does matter to you, if it's important to you, I promise you can make time to squeeze a number of healthy habits into your life, many of which actually don't even take much time at all once once we actually incorporate them, Um, or some of them might even help you save time in the long run. But it's just important to recognize that the I don't have time is is not the truth. Now, if improving your health isn't that important to you right now, that's completely understandable. Just don't lie to yourself and say that you can't improve your health because you don't have time. Just be honest and recognize that you're just not making it a priority right now. And hopefully someday it will become a priority and you'll find the time. I also want to recognize here that if you're a single mom working three jobs just to make ends meet, there might be some habits that you'd like to add to your life that you really physically aren't able to right now. Maybe you legitimately don't have the time for, you know, certain things. It can be really hard to work on your health when you're just in survival mode. But I want to offer to you that there are likely still small things that you can add or or take away from your day that is still going to help lead you to better health. I know I've used the I don't have time excuse many times in my life when I wasn't willing to do certain things. But looking back, I recognize it was always a matter of priority and not of time. And although I I know that the I don't have time thought feels very real in the moment, if you sense it coming up around a goal or a dream that means a lot to you and really is a priority for you, just gently remind yourself that this is just a thought. It's not true. And you can make and find the time if you need to. One exercise that I've used and that can be helpful if you find this thought getting in the way of your goal a lot is to just spend a day or two pausing every hour and writing down what you spent the last hour doing. It can be really enlightening to look back over your day and to see what you could cut out, where you could be more efficient, where you really can find more time. So for each of these thoughts, I want to give you some possible reframes. A reframe is just a different way of thinking or reframing the thought, the problem thought. So for this one, some possible reframes are, like I mentioned, I have plenty of time for the things that matter most. Or you could try on, if this is important to me, I'll make time for it. And I encourage you to come up with any other reframes that you can use if this thought ever pops up for you. All right, let's move on to the second thought that I see pop up for a lot of people. And this thought is, this is just the way that I am. Or I was born like this and it can't be changed. 
Now, I'm not going to get into a debate about sexual orientation here and whether the I was born like this statement is a fact or a thought in that scenario. In regards to your body and your health, I think we can all agree that there certainly are some things you're just, quote, born with. Your bone structure, your shoe size, your height, your skin and hair color, your family history, your genetic makeup. Those are all things that we'd likely consider to be facts or circumstances that we're just born with those things. There really are certain things that you're born with that might be helpful to recognize that you have completely no control over. But there are other times when that statement is nothing more than a thought. So things like, I just have a bad sweet tooth, or I'm just naturally lazy. I'm just not a motivated person. I'm not a morning person. I just naturally hate cooking. I hate exercising. I hate vegetables. <laughs> this is just the way that, I'm, that I am. I believe that your beliefs, your talents, your abilities, your preferences even, are not fixed at birth. I would argue that pretty much anything can be developed and improved with effort and practice and some patience. So I don't really see this being a helpful thought in a lot of cases. Some possible reframes if you're struggling with this thought are anything can be developed and improved. Or I have the ability to change. Or maybe change takes time and that's okay. Telling yourself that this is just the way that you are and there's nothing you can do about it is so disempowering. And that actually leads me into another closely related thought, which is our third one, which is I'm not in control. I have no control around sugar, around certain foods. I can't change my eating habits. I'm too set in my ways. These are all forms of the I'm not in control of my life thought. And again, I know that at times this can feel like a really true thought. And I'm not going to get into whether or not sugar addiction is real in this episode, but I know that it can really feel like certain foods have a sort of power over you that you simply can't control. We have very strong biological mechanisms that can contribute to this feeling of being out of control around food sometimes. Sometimes the I'm not in control thought goes hand in hand with the I don't have time thought. Maybe we don't feel in control of our time because of our kids or our spouse or our job. But again, I can't think of many times that this I'm not in control thought would be helpful to us. We all have agency and recognizing and owning that agency can be really empowering. It can also be a little scary to let go of the tendency that many of us have to blame others or to blame our circumstances for why we aren't achieving certain things in our life. But I still think it's worth it to take control back over our lives. So some possible reframes here would be, I have agency, or I am in control of my life. Try a thought like that if you ever see this, I'm not in control thought popping up. All right, on to thought number four. This one is, I just don't know what to do, or I'm so confused. Or maybe I don't know which program or plan or advice to follow. Now, trust me, I know how much contradictory information there is around health and wellness out there. It seems like there's no end to the barrage of advice that we get on what and how we should be eating and not eating. And it is so easy to just sit in this puddle of confusion and throw our hands up in the air and say, I give up. I'm just not going to try anything at all. But thoughts like these shut our brain down and they stop 
our brain from looking around for possible solutions. First, I do want to make a note that this is why I think it's really important you look for people who have actually been trained and educated in the field of nutrition when you're looking for nutrition advice. But also don't sell yourself short. You do know a lot already. You probably know the general basics of nutrition. I'm sure you know that it's good to get lots of fiber from fruits and vegetables and whole grains. Most people know about sources of healthy fats. You probably know it's important to drink lots of water, etc. You also know your own food preferences and your own lifestyle. You know how different foods feel in your body and what they do to your energy levels. How can you improve your health based on what you already do know? And of course, if there are specific issues or questions you have, or you just want some help and some extra encouragement and motivation, I am all about reaching out to a professional and learning even more. Dietitians in particular have been trained specifically in the area of nutrition. We've had at least four years of schooling along with a year-long internship. We had to pass an exam to get our license. And we have to do a certain number of continuing education hours every five years to stay certified. So in many cases, you're going to be getting the most up-to-date and scientifically backed information by reaching out to a dietitian. But if you just need help maybe staying motivated and working on your mindset around health, which, as we're discussing in this podcast episode, is super important as well, then maybe working with a health coach or a personal trainer could also be a good option for you. And if you do decide to work with someone for some extra help, I highly recommend finding someone who takes a weight-neutral approach and who's familiar with the concepts and principles of intuitive eating. There is a quantum theorist named David, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, it's D-E-U-T-S-C-H, and he says, everything that is not forbidden by laws of nature is achievable, given the right knowledge. So again, I do think that a certain amount of knowledge is really, really important. But just remember, once you have that, then everything is achievable. I also really like the quote from Marie Forleo, which is she's really famous for saying, everything is figureoutable. So again, some possible reframes for, I just don't know what to do. Everything is figureoutable. Or maybe I'm still learning and that's okay. Or I've got this, I can figure this out. Everything that is not forbidden by, by laws of nature is achievable. Try on some thoughts like this, and that's just going to open up your brain to be able to figure things out instead of shutting it down by saying, I just don't know. An opposite but often equally harmful thought to I just don't know is thought number number five, and that is, I already know that. This thought also turns our brain off from being open to learning something new. Sure, maybe you already know, again, that drinking lots of water is important, but if you shut off whenever somebody starts talking about staying hydrated, then you could miss out on maybe a new tip that you hadn't thought of or a fact that is really motivating to you and makes you want to drink more this week, even if it's a fact you've already heard before. In fact, repetition is the best way to learn. So even if it's something that you've learned before or you, quote, already know, just be grateful for the fact that you're able to hear it again and to further solidify that knowledge in your mind. This is why it's so important to keep what's often called a growth mindset or beginner's mindset. Both of these really help us stay curious and open to learning and to relearning and to growing and to improving, even if it's something we've, we, quote, already know or have already heard. 
So if you find the I already know that thought popping up, some possible reframes you could try on are I still have a lot to learn or I'm fostering a growth or a beginner's mindset or maybe I wonder what I could learn here or I wonder what facts I can solidify in my brain. Try on something like that. All right, we've made it to our sixth and final thought, which is it isn't fair. This is a thought that I've personally had many times regarding my body size. I used to think it isn't fair that someone else could eat the exact same things as me and move their body in the exact same way and be smaller than me. Or it isn't fair that my husband can seem to eat whatever he wants and he stays tall and thin. Obviously, this is when I had the belief that thinner was better and that there was something intrinsically wrong about being big. But I've also seen this thought pop up for me and for others in other ways. It might look like it isn't fair that so-and-so naturally loves to cook and I hate getting dinner on the table every night. Or it isn't fair that she has the time and money to go to the gym and I just don't. Or whatever it may be. I can't really think of an instance when this thought would be helpful for me or you to think about ourselves. Now, it might be a helpful thought if maybe I'm thinking it about somebody else. Something like, it isn't fair that some people get certain privileges or blessings more than others. Or it isn't fair that some people are treated certain a certain way or treated unjustly. Those kinds of thoughts could lead me to volunteer or to give service to those less fortunate than me. But when used on myself, it really just leads to feeling sorry for myself, for having a little pity party. It doesn't really make me excited or energized or motivated to work on the things that I can control in my life. And it just keeps me stuck in the things that I can't control. And it's true. Life isn't fair. There are things that aren't fair about life. I'm not arguing that point. I just don't think that that thought really serves us and helps us be the best version of ourselves. I have a quick little story about my son, Tyler. I mentioned him a few episodes back. He has type 1 diabetes. He was diagnosed just a few weeks before his 11th birthday, and he's 13 now, so this was a couple years ago. But a few months after his diagnosis, he said something that really kind of hit me and impressed me. He said that sometimes he's tempted to complain about his diabetes or to feel sorry for himself, but then he just reminds himself that whining about it isn't going to change things. It's not going to make the diabetes go away. And it's only going to make him more miserable. So what's the point? I thought that was a pretty mature thought for an 11-year-old and certainly one that I could adopt in my own life much more often. Now, Tyler does have his moments where diabetes is hard and he just feels that. But again, he he tries really hard not to get in this space of, why me? This just isn't fair. So if you find that thought coming up for you, then maybe some possible reframes could be, I can accept that life isn't always fair, or everyone has their individual trials, or life doesn't have to be fair to be wonderful. Or how about maybe it is fair? After all, each of us has been given a body of some type. And again, we've all been given agency for how we treat that body. And when you when you really feel and understand that small bodies aren't any better than large ones, I think a lot of the it isn't fair thoughts will just go away naturally. So those are just a few thoughts that you might see pop up regarding your health. Hopefully, if you do see any of these or any other thoughts that you feel like are keeping you back from progressing towards your healthiest self, that you really take a look at them and try and redirect your brain to a more useful thought. 
I want to end with a quote from Marie Forleo. She says, what stops you is never external, ever. It's never about the lack of money or time or anything else. It's about your internal game, your commitment to do whatever it takes to be creative, get resourceful, and figure it out. And I agree, it's often, if not always, our own sabotaging thoughts that are getting in the way of us achieving our healthiest self and our healthiest life possible. If you want more on thoughts and mindset and how to reframe thoughts, go back and listen to episode number nine, because I talk all about thoughts and mindset in that one. All right, thank you so much for joining me. I hope that you pay really close attention to your thoughts this week. Pull out the ones that you feel like are getting in the way of you achieving better health and work on reframing those. Right. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week. If you'd like help implementing what we've talked about today more fully into your life, come check out my self-paced program at healththroughhabits.com. You'll use the science and tools of habit formation to help transform your health and your mindset. In just a few short weeks, you'll be able to add any number of healthy behavior and thought habits into your life so that you can enjoy finding true health for yourself. I hope to work with you soon.